and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And we speak English and not Lapine. Lapine. Or Lapine. Which is <laughs> rabbit language for those of you who don't know much about rabbits. Yes. Lapine is the, like, canine, rabbits but rabbit. Rabbits whole religion, culture, and philosophy. Yes. We watched Watership Down this week, and it was a roller coaster. It's a very, very strange film. I'm not sure what to make of it. So, 1978, mm -hmm. based on a book that came out only six years earlier, right. written by Richard Adams, shelved appropriately in the adult fiction section in our bookstore, this is not for kids. No, not at all. And that's for probably the first thing that we should say. This is not for it's kids. An animated film. It not is for kids. About rabbits, about bunny rabbits. Super not it for is kids, y'all. Not for children <laughs> at all. Wasn't for me either. I was traumatized. Have you read the book, sir? I have not read the book. I started reading it um, before my son was born because I was trying to look for appropriate reading material. Oh, and then you and got to the part where it clearly wasn't appropriate, it, it and was, then bam. Yes, uh, yeah, and then it it wasn't, and it, it was very much like a English television program as I was watching at the time, which is a bunch of uh, a very argumentative people fighting about what they should do in their flight for survival. Yes, and so it, it didn't seem like something that would really compel a kid, and probably not something a kid should hear. Yeah, kind of I read it. it when I was about nine. Okay, I remember none of it. That's probably for the best. So did you, do you have any associations with this at all? Beyond? It was Rabbits. Okay, but I mean, did you see nope. it before? Okay. I'd never seen the movie. I know that I read the book at the behest of my mother at the age of less than 10. But I don't <laughs> oh, recall... That's not a good idea The book? No. I don't recall... I know I finished it, mm -hmm. and I think I did a book report you on finished it. finished the entire book? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was a early reader mm -hmm. and a heavy reader when I was a child. But I, I don't remember basically much before the age of 12. Mm. So this is all sort of bits and bobs okay. rather than full understanding. So I didn't know the story. I couldn't remember it. It has been 30 years or whatever, and I don't have any retention. But I do know now I shouldn't have read that book at nine. That's too young. It reminded me in a lot of ways of sort of um, sort of English survival stories. There was a whole trend in the seventies, sort of um, late sixties and seventies, about environmental disaster and people fleeing to the country. Hmm. Things like Day of the Triffids. Yeah. No blade of grass was the other one I was thinking, where it's a constant flight from urban centers to the countryside and all these perils you face in between. And that was a whole genre of English literature for a while. And it reminded me of that. You know, there's going to be some sort of apocalyptic happening, mm -hmm. that fiber seas, and then they all have to flee. Flee. It reminded me of Ferngully, but not for kids. Now, what was Ferngully about? Because that was I really think it was popular basically, for, for a certain generation of kids. I, I believe it was environmental disaster is a coming. Mm -hmm. We got to go. Okay. But I I could be wrong. I That was a movie I saw as a child. So, um, once again, my retention is not fantastic. Um, also reminds me a little bit of um, Princess Mononoke, uh -huh. where humans bad, nature good. Well, this movie ha is beautiful. Like the animation mm -hmm. in it is lovely. And then sometimes a rabbit is caught in a snare and is foaming blood from the mouth. That scene goes on for far too long. So long. long. Here, well, so we should start the, the, the review of the, the story. Yeah, let's go over the so, plot. The plot, it begins with a creation myth. Yes. Um, about the uh, beginning of the world, and uh, the, the rabbit god is Frith. 
And he's well, represented the God, by the God, sun. Uh, yeah, every the whole God right. of everything uh, is of their Freth. creation is a Freth. And he uh, creates all animals. They're uh, essentially, uh, my understanding is that they were all the same. They were all the same. So they were all essentially herbivores, mm-hmm. right? That ate plants and were friends. But the rabbits had a gift for multiplying. So and many they rabbits. All the rabbit sex. Right. So <laughs> they kept reproducing, reproducing, reproducing. Um, so Frith tells Allah Herrera, I'm going to get that name wrong who's the first rabbit to get control of his people, and he won't. Uh, Al Herrera is... Um, he's like a trickster. He's a trickster, but he's also kind of a punk, because he doesn't do any, you know... Well, that's what tricksters are. Right, so he, <laughs> this is how you get He's by. the rabbit Loki. Right, so he gets... Uh, he gets um, his people get cursed, and other animals are given teeth, and they're given claws to yeah, hunt and to eat. to basically... And, and every animal... Yeah will prey upon a rabbit. Right. So now this rabbit's now referred to as the prince with a thousand enemies, but he's given the gift of... As a matter of fact, he's really well, disrespectful because he is. he's yeah. digging a, a, a hole to evade his enemies, and Frith wants to speak to him, or wants to bless him with some way of avoiding his enemies, and he says, well, you can bless my bottom. So he gives him the little snuffy cotton tail. Um, and strong back legs, right. big, strong, long so back he, legs, so right. he can be faster than any animal. And apparently something I never think about, you don't think much about rabbits <laughs> in the, the scheme of things, or at least I don't. No, and so, we don't live with a lot of bunnies. I wish we could go outside and see bunnies. Um, You see them like uh, in rural areas, they'll just suddenly dart across the road, mm-hmm. and that, that's the best glimpse you get of them, because they're very good at, you know, they have the gifts. It wouldn't surprise me if friend. we had bunnies in our yard, but then I think they would be killed by the raccoons that are we in our yard. Had, at one point, we had bunnies in our yard. But on purpose. Right. We bunnies. had a, a... Well, yeah. We had uh, lop ears and... <gasps> They're so cute. Two great big lop ears, and uh, they were just sort of big, soft bags of fur. So good for fertilizer. Oh, uh, yes. And they produced a great deal of that, too. But they, I remember holding them, and they just sort of flop over on one side, and they were incredibly passive. Now... Again, so they were scared of you, and they thought you were going to eat them. Well, also, they well they were aware that we weren't going to eat them. That I was just sitting here to pet this rabbit, and that's basically what because I, I grew up with them. I often wonder what they're like in the wild because this presentation of them they they fight and they're savage and they, they scratch. And yeah, they're violent in this right. movie. Like, which it makes them it makes sense mm-hmm. ecologically if there are sort of bands of rabbits. Right, they all live together in a mm-hmm. warren. But they're fighting for space and food and all that stuff. So if you're not a member of their gang, they will fight you. Right. How and they do. They they're know rodents. Which ones so they have which? big teeth. Big they teeth. have claws. Yes. I mean, the only, the only other kind of exposure I had to this was uh, Beatrix Potter, the story of the fierce bad rabbit. You know, the, I don't know that. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Beatrix Potter story. It wasn't in my little collection of Beatrix right. Potter tiny books. We had a box, and then it had these little, I'd say maybe four-by-four white-covered hardback books of each of the Beatrix Potter books, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember that. That was about a rabbit bully who steals and takes things from other rabbits. Rude. And there was also, in the story of Benjamin Bunny, there's the part where Peter Rabbit and Benjamin Bunny are caught by a cat. Yeah. I think Benjamin Bunny's uncle comes by, and it says he has no opinion whatsoever of, of... cats and he just launches himself at the cat and, and well 
Yeah. Every once in a while, a rabbit will just launch themselves at an animal. Which that... was something else that was reinforced by this one. Yes. So we start with the present. So it's, this is the prehistoric past, and that was done with a completely different style of illustration. Yes. It reminded me, and I told you this earlier, mm-hmm. of the um, origin of man in Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Like mm. it's a brightly colored, sort of geometric-based, primary colors mm-hmm. cartoon. Right. Um, whereas the rest of this movie almost looks like paintings. It reminds me, in the beginning, almost of like Inuit art, these very strong yes, bold lines. Yes, bold lines, bold colors. Right. Yeah. So we go to the present day, or of course the present day when the story was written, and there's a, a rabbit named Fiber, and he has uh, the gift of foresight. He's a, he's a runt. He's a so runt. So he's, he's one that you can actually tell by looking at him. No, I had trouble keeping right. these rabbits apart. This one has like weird big head and small body. And he has a his older brother Hazel, who's actually the one responsible for keeping Fiverr alive. Fiverr should have been disposed of a long time ago. Yes. Um, but uh, Hazel is keeping him around, and Hazel is sort of the hero of our story. And stands Fiver- for hazelnut, short <laughs> for hazelnut. It's not a boy. I mean, it's not a girl. And the way that Rabbit Warren seem to be operating is that there's a number of uh, rabbits of the Ausla. Who are the bodyguards? Like the militia. The police force the police. of the Warren. And the... Oh, and we are going to be saying some strange words because right. Richard Adams made up a whole language and this movie takes part in it. Well, and that's one of the more compelling things about this story and film is that it's very much like um, The Hobbit. Yeah, where he in, had Elvin right. or Elvish and things like that. My problem with it was it was basically he would use these Lapine words mm-hmm. for nouns and then English for the putting things together. And that bothers me in, in a building of a language because that's mm-hmm. not how language works. Um, so they'd, they'd say something about these things that are sitting there. And those things are clearly mm-hmm. carrots, but they use a different word. And right. now we're to know that this is how they say carrots. But all of the words around this one word uh-huh. are in English. And I'm just like, well, <laughs> that isn't how any language works. But okay. Yeah. So Fiverr sees this death and destruction in the field full blood. of blood. Field of blood. So it's very apocalyptic. And he, he tells Hazel. And Hazel and Fiverr go together to see the head rabbit. And if I'm not mistaken, the head rabbit is Ralph Richardson. Yeah, I believe that is correct. With his very distinguished voice. Uh, Chief Rabbit, I'm sorry. Chief Rabbit. Chief Rabbit, which is what I used to call my boss because he was very stuck on himself when I worked at uh, a bookstore. And they're Um, in Sandalford. Right, so that's the name of the war. In the British countryside. Okay, that's the name of the countryside. So uh, the Chief Rabbit dismisses them and thinks they're all full of hooey. And then gets very upset at the uh, the rabbit officer who brought this to his attention. Bigwig. Which was Bigwig, who becomes a major character later on, too. He's got a hairpiece. That's yes, how he we does. can tell we him. We can tell Bigwig <laughs> because he does have like this big, fluffy, dark mop of hair on top of his head. So what they want to do is they want to leave. And I don't understand how this works with rabbits, but rabbits don't like you leaving the warren. It's well, a very no, because they're relying on your work. Right. They're, I believe, kind of like a socialist. Right. Um, is this something that rabbits actually do? Because my understanding is he researched a great deal about rabbits before. I would assume so. I would assume mm-hmm. that every 
rabbit in the warren has their little job that they do. Well, digging seems to be most digging of it because these warrens are enormous. Yes. That's the other thing that you get the sense of watching it is that these, these tunnels go on forever. And then, yeah, but the Fiverr mm-hmm. has, like, Hazel believes Fiverr right. so, and has, I guess, told some other people. So, like, eight of them just go and run away. Right, including Bigwig. Bigwig, yes. Because Bigwig has been um, ostracized by the chief rabbit and by the other officers, the Ausla. Yeah, Ausla. 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 O-W-S-L-A. So it's Fiverr, Hazel, Bigwig, Blackberry, Pipkin, Dandelion, Silver, and Violet. So These those names don't mean anything. Boys. Yes, they're all boys. First of all, they're all boys. Yeah. They're all going to go start a new warren, boys only. Also. But no, except for Violet. Violet's a female. Mm, I don't believe yeah, so. Yeah, she is. But Violet. Oh. Violet, yes, is, is stupid. <laughs> she's Violet like, is like, oh, we're all safe in this long... This Open tall field. vegetation. Right. So I'm going to go hop out and eat that weird dandelion over there. Munch, munch, munch. And then, aha, aha, and right. a hawk comes and eats her. Whoops. So, right. Now they have no does. And that's oh, what you get. also, did you know that a female owl or female rabbit is called a doe? Yes, I did actually, as a matter I didn't. of fact. Um, I learned it. So this becomes like the odyssey for rabbits. They're crossing the fields. They're often relying on the spiritual visions of Fiverr to guide them. Yes. Away from dangerous situations. Um, and they run into another war that's run by... Um, it's a sort of dissipated intellectual rabbit who's played by Denim Elliott, playing his typical dissipated intellectual um, I don't know who this is. Uh, this is, let's see, what was his name? Uh, Cowslip. Oh, okay. And he leads them to a war. And this almost felt like you're watching an episode of The Walking Dead where they fall in with the group and everything seems okay. Seems okay. And, and then, they're all cannibals or no, something. So. Yeah. <laughs> so these rabbits seem very run down, but they have a shit ton of carrots right over there and they get right. new carrots every day. But everyone's what? very suspicious, including like Hazel who's like, why do you have all the new food? It's why like does it that smell movie? like humans in your war? What's like, the movie where nobody's over 25? Uh, which one? The one... With where they, it's like all in a mall. Oh, um, all in a mall. That was the name of the film. One of my favorites, Logan's Run. Logan's Run. Very it felt like movies. Logan's Run. I was like, y'all, <laughs> these guys don't seem to be doing any work, and they just carrots just appear. Okay, so what happens is they're on the they're on farm they're on a farm, uh-huh. and sometimes the farmer kills a bunch of rabbits to eat. So they want them to come join them to give them all a better chance at not being the ones that get et. But I like how, and again, Denim Elliott, who is like, his part is practically patented. I'd just seen last week, um, TCM was running A Room with a View. Okay. And so you got to see a lot of these actors, Maggie Smith and Denim Elliott, when they're basically, this is, you know. I don't, I don't know who ago. this person is. Um, I couldn't draw is... him. Or pick him I'm out of trying to figure out <laughs> where you've seen him before. Is he always just like sad and forlorn and, and has to, given up? He was. He's the because English, Cowslip has given up. He is the English actor who was Indiana Jones' a friend in Raiders of the Lost Ark movies. His uh, Denim Elliott played the, his professor friend, who's kind of useless. Okay, I don't. Um, That's fine. but um, anyhow. Oh, you'd recognize him if you saw him. But, but then, he does a, a great job of playing this guy who. He 
he's like the English intellectual. He completely rejects the mythology. He doesn't want to hear amusing stories about the first rabbit because it seems like an important part of rabbit social life is that someone tells the stories. And I can't remember which one of the rabbits is the one who's always telling the stories in this in this group. But Hazel, Pipkin. Hazel's constantly telling him, you'll be able to tell the story. So when they come amongst this other worn rabbits and, oh, we're going to share stories about the first rabbit and all the clever things he did. Um, uh, Cowslip, right? That's yeah, the, Cowslip. He intervenes and says, oh, no, these are very amusing stories. But then he recites this, like, Death elegy, like he's the, you know, the, this is what John Donne, our rabbit version of John Donne, said. Yeah. <laughs> and so he Life just. Life is pointless. Right. River, where do you go? And then we die. Right. It's, yeah, it's, it's very not good. Funny. And Fiverr's like, oh, we got to <laughs> Yeah, like, like enough this shit. We, this bad? guy is, This guy's like, well, you know, because he believes that resignation to fate is, is the way to survive. And right. then. Instead of, I don't know, leaving this land and finding a different land. But there's so, this rabbit warren is so passive, whereas the first warren had no intention of letting them leave. Uh, you know, on threat of violence, they had to fight their way yeah, out. Yeah, they had to fight their way out. This warren is like, you can come, you can stay, I'd rather you stay. Oh, let's not get into a fight. They're very kind of like... But they do want them to stay because the more rabbits there are, the right. less chance... I'm the one who's lotteried this time. And they find this out because Bigwig gets trapped in a snare. And as we've mentioned, a scene that goes yeah, on Bigwig's entirely like, too Fiverr, long. Fiverr, this place is great. Chill yeah. the fuck out. And then, yoink, <laughs> snared. And then, bleeding from the mouth, foaming blood from the mouth for so long. Yes. Someone drew that a lot upsetting, very upsetting. It's like the director's like, no more foamy blood. We need more foamy blood. So he, he doesn't die. They get no. him free. They, very clever how they get him out, too. How do they do it? I thought they They chew him. out the um, the peg. Yeah. Oh, rather yeah. Rather than cut the, try to chew through the wire. The wire, because the wire is just going to hurt them. Right. Yeah. So what they do is they chew out through the peg. There's and a lot of gnawing in this movie. Right. There's a lot of, yeah. I've there's no, a lot of gnawing a, in this movie. There's an early episode, I think it's the first episode of Cheers, where everyone in the bar is talking about movies, with, and the, at first you start, no, it's like Cool Hand Luke, no, Aliens, no, I'm like, well, what's the, uh -huh. movies where people sweat a lot, you know? <laughs> it's oh, like, yeah. This would win the contest for most gnawing, gnawing. in a film, this and Just like, a series of unfortunate events, maybe, because there's the baby who's always gnawing, oh, gnawing on stuff, that's true. Um, but yeah, so they escape this this weird dissipated Warren, and um, and yeah, from so yeah, they they go on. Uh, let's see. And then they go find the farm, right? Nuthanger Farm. Nuthanger. And inside of the barn at the farm, there's a hutch of ladies. Right. <gasps> Lady, we need some of those. Because yeah, before this. Because yeah. you know what ladies are good for? Right. Breeding. Well, you know what else they're good for? Fucking nothing as far as this movie is well, concerned. Well, the attitude of this movie is like bros before does. It really is. But, so they actually bros find... before does. They actually... <laughs> that's why I'm across the table from you so you can't reach me. So, oh, and something else we should mention is that one of the mythological figures that you see a lot in the film is uh, the Black Rabbit. And the black rabbit is... That's what's on the picture. ...the grim reaper of the rabbit kingdom. He's all black except big white teeth. And he does the will of, uh, of um, Frith. Frith. 
And so he, everyone's trying not to be upset at him for showing up, but it's basically when a rabbit's time comes, they see the black rabbit. Uh, now when they get to um, this farm, uh, Hazel is shot by a farmer. And he's presumed dead. But Fiverr believes that uh, uh, follows the vision of the black rabbit, which leads him back to... Um, uh, oh, this is... This is as no they, they the first time they go to the farm they try and get out the girls mm-hmm. they can't because there's a dog and a cat right and then they go on and then they um they went into Captain Holly of the Ausla mm-hmm. from where they came from letting them know fucking everybody's dead just like Fiverr <laughs> said so this really reinforces their faith in Fiverr yeah they come across right. I think it's two of the people or rabbits from their original warren mm-hmm. and um they now right at the beginning you do see a you hear people talking mm-hmm. and you do see a big sign that says a development's coming right. and then holly describes them the warrens being basically pumped full of gas right so what he's and this is horrifying because between this and it's the snare really, yeah. it makes you never want to eat rabbit or you know you really regret sort of developments of urban areas. The, the holes were filled, and then they pump poison gas in there. Yeah. And the rabbits are the, literally the, the holes tearing each other to pieces yeah. to get out. To get out, yeah. That's horrible. I, uh, oh, and also, so there's also the instance where uh, the, one of the adventures they have is they free a uh, black-headed gull named Kihar. Yes. This is the weirdest thing. This character is so strange. And maybe because I was still thinking, this is a kid's movie, mm-hmm. but this is not a kid's movie character. He's got a weird accent. It's He's got like a weird German accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he just kind of flies around looking for ladies. Basically, that's what he's doing. Well, he's been wounded here by the cat on the farm. Yes. So he can't fly around so much. But he's really, uh, Zero Mostel, for any of you who are old enough to remember who he is, he, I think he originated uh, the part of Tevi and Fiddler on the Roof. I'm not sure. Oh, maybe. Okay. Um, oh, And he that's seems to be doing accent. the same accent. Okay. No, that makes, he, he doesn't. Yeah, he it is just a weird accent where I'm like, right. what is this accent that this thing has? He, he doesn't have the accent. This is an accent he makes up, but he does a really great kind of middle European accent. Yeah. And he's really just this sort of cranky, cranky bird. That comes in helpful, and he comes in, ha- in handy when Hazel is shot, because he knows about buckshot, and he's able to pull the buckshot with buckshot, his beak. Yeah, because he's shot with buckshot in his uh, like rear, like his quarters. haunch, right. and so yeah, he pulls each of the each of the shots out, which we watch. Little bird surgery. Because yes, because children need to know about bird it's surgery. Not a kid's movie. No, <laughs> they don't. Kids don't need to know about any of these things at all, no, or about Eastern European gulls. But um, but yeah, so they remove the buckshot, and then they wind up going on to they find from their survivor rabbit, yeah, from the previous one, the story of another. Uh, let's see, Ephrafen, Eph, Ephrafrans. Where's where? Ephrafrans. Uh, right. Where from Ephrafra. It's a sort of a totalitarian state for rabbits. Yeah, they don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. They just know it's a big warren, and there's many, many does there. And including one named Heisen, Heisenflay. There were so many funny names. I'm going Heisenflay. to, you know, I had to just do 
mouth exercises it's a, well, preparing for today's episode. They're plants, which I guess in heteronormative culture, a lot of them I was like, oh, this is going to be a girl. Hazel, blackberry, mm-hmm. strawberry. No, all of those are boys. Violet See? was a girl. Hey, and then, yeah, the the female that is at Ephrafa uh-huh. is Hyacinth Lay. She is probably like, the... Why didn't we just call her Hyacinth? I don't know. I think she's the most appealing character. I mean, there's really no female characters that come to the fore, at least in the film version. It might have been different in the book. Um, because in the film version, the female, the does tend to be kind of not too bright. In the, in the book, the does aren't really given much to do. Mm-hmm. They might be bright. We don't know. We don't listen to them. They don't talk. They're okay. not characters. Um, and it's a prop, like it's a thing that has been brought to attention. Like uh-huh. that's one of the sort of issues with the book. So Holly had encountered Holly, the Ausla from their original Warren, who has brought them the news of the horror that the Warren suffered, has also um, encountered the Ephrafins. Ephrafins. I'm so sorry, everyone. I'm so sorry. Listening to this must be horrible, and I apologize. (laughs) And says, don't go there. Like, it might seem like a good idea to go visit them. They are not. It's like a totalitarian state. Mm -hmm. It's... They're very territorial. And really violent. Very violent. They rip people's ears open, which is their way of punishing them. So it creates like a physical disfigurement. And uh, you know when someone's been there and escaped because they're all scratched up. Their way of marking new uh, Ausla Ausla. Ausla. is to scratch them so deeply they scar. Not just Ausla, though. I think it's everyone. I think they mark everyone, whatever their sort of role is Mm -hmm. or... And so everyone has these scars somewhere on their body indicating sort of what they're for, which is upsetting. <laughs> it's a little bit holocausty. I don't love it. There's uh, a lot of that in here. I think that even the, the death of the uh, of the old Warren has a kind of a holocaust sort yeah, of it does. element to it. It's meant to remind you of that. Yeah. But then the, the story really becomes about the attempt to free the does from this Warren. This Warren, yeah. Big Wig infiltrates mm-hmm. and um, is made in Ausla. Mm-hmm. But then he sort of gathers Heisenthal and then Blackavar is another rabbit that he grabs who had attempted to escape before and now is like almost like a prisoner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's sort of kept in a limited area and deprived of food. Yeah, and, and they flee. They get away and then there's a boat waiting for them? Right. They learn at some point earlier in their escapes that they can use a boat to get across the river. Yeah. And they actually find the place that Fiverr keeps prophesying, which is Mm -hmm. this sort of sandy... But they're chased out of the Warren and then they they people see them or the the other rabbits see them get into this boat and go away and they say they they say an animal helped them escape down the river. Like they don't know what a boat is. Well they also they they're worried because the the bird, the gull, mm-hmm. is insisting on helping them. And a rabbit has no defense against a bird. Frankly, no. the bird, very little things do. Uh, very few animals do because it just Although he's a gull, so I don't know. If they're not hot dog buns, I don't know well, what how he, much damage he's going to cause. Well, what he can do is that he's he... He's got claws and he's got beaks. He can go for their eyes, right. certainly. So he, he's, he is certainly dangerous to them. And he's coming from above, which right. is not... It's very hard. You can't catch him. You're not going to do it, especially if That's you're a rabbit. That's true. 
Um, and so really what we've learned is that, or what's happened in the story at this point, is that Fiverr has found his promised land, but they are aware of the fact there's no does. Yeah. And the goal is helping them because he he's, likes to uh, believe that he's superior to rabbits. But also the rabbits helped him. Right, they helped he him nurse his wing, but he's, there's that scene where he goes on stupid rabbits, you know, no know who makes your eggs, who does it, whatever. So he's agreed to help them out of a sense of pity since he's a superior creature who seems to have... The other thing that the bird has is like the attention, no attention to man whatsoever. It comes well, almost, and almost no memory. Right, because <laughs> he just like... completely loses track during one of the climactic... And there's a few really exciting scenes where they're trying to escape and they're stuck on a bridge and the bird is supposed to help them and he's so distracted by everything that he completely forgets why he's there. Right. When he's really playing a really, really important role in this escape. Yeah. Um, but they're trying to escape from Woundward. So, well, they... They find this new place, right? And Bigwig comes with some of the does mm-hmm. and escapees from Ephrafen, and they're there. And right. then scouts come and find them. Yes, but Woundward's an important person. And Woundward, yeah, and Woundward has come. He is the chief of that, right? And he's pre- a hideous rabbit. Yeah, he's his teeth are crooked. His eye, one eye is bad. One eye is bad. And he's got like. One big eye and one small right. eye. He looks like he's been in far too many fights, and that's why... He's got scars across his face and all big over his big, body. who's a tough guy in this world, is ter- you know, is like like, uh, very weary of him. And um, Woundwart believes Bigwig is the chief of this warren, right. this new warren. He, he thinks that that's... He's there for Bigwig because Bigwig is the chief. Well, because uh, he believes, being what he is, that power is what gives you, yes, you know, the ability to eat everyone yeah. is what, what does right. it for you. So he thinks automatically that Bigwig, since he's the strongest... But he also hasn't seen Hazel. He right. doesn't know. Well, the Hazel actually is the brains of the operation. Yes. It really, the leadership of this one falls really on Hazel and Fiverr because Fiverr's gifts actually saved him the last Saves moment. Saved them, yeah. Because when the Alpha of, uh, of the... Um, Ephrafins. I can't even say that. I know. Traps them underneath a tree and they're trying to hide in their warren. Fiverr slips into a trance and says something like, the dog is loose in the woods. Right. The which, dog is loose in the woods, which they had said earlier because mm-hmm. there was a collie right. loose in the woods and they had to swim across a river. So the um, at that point, that gives Hazel the idea to loose the dog that's at the farm. Yes. They're close enough, right. I guess, to this nut... What is it called? Nut... I'm sorry, you said it earlier. I know, and now I've forgotten. Uh, Nuthanger. Nuthanger. I knew it was so something. something Nuthanger Farm. So he's going to go back, because mm-hmm. there's a dog and a cat there. They know this because that's why they couldn't get the does out previously. Right. Um, and Hazel goes back and praying to Frith, saying, take me say, and save all my friends and family. And uh, Frith is like, no. He's like, I hear you, uh, I don't do, but I I'm going to give it a miss. I don't intervene. <laughs> I'm a non-interventionist deity. I don't intervene. So, But Hazel gets the dog out, and the dog, mm. and then they sort of do like a relay. Right, which back they do. To, the, to bring the dog's attention back to the, 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 um, the field where they're in the, danger. This new, yeah. And this then new. the film gets horribly violent, because you know the dog does in a field of rabbits? <laughs> Just... Fucking murders all of them. Yes, yeah, so you see him murder at least three Just rabbits. Just scoop it up, 
shake, 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 and then throw it to the side. And, and then this next is, one. This is, in the meantime, we're seeing uh, Woundwort fight um, Bigwig yes. in a tunnel. And this is incredibly, they're like ripping each other's throats. Yeah, they're ripping it's each other's really ears. rough it's, to look at. It's really, I don't, I, I had no idea rabbits would, well, of course, I mean, they probably do. But it just is really violent yeah. and really gory. Every time you see fur flying, literal that's fur, like flying. rough. Yeah. Um, and the dog gets out, and Hazel uh, is trying to run away. I like to follow him, but gets caught by the cat, who lands on him and says something like, "It sounds really much, very much like um, the snake in Jungle Book." Right. It does. He's a hissing. S- she's a hissing cat. She's a hissing cat. And then and she's like, you're dead, aren't you? Or something like that. Yeah. Like, she's very menacing. And then you hear the girl of the farm, Lucy. Uh, I don't think we see her. I think we, we just hear her. her. But she stops the cat from mm-hmm. killing the rabbit. Well, because she, the, the, the does that were in the uh, garage, the, excuse me, the garage in the barn. Yeah. The, see, there you go. I'm a city kid. A yeah. barn is called a garage. Sure. Um, but... <laughs> The uh, the does that she tries uh, belong to her, Lucy. Yes, Lucy, I think her name. And is. so when she she does not want to see a rabbit get hurt, particularly by the cat. Right. And so that was a really lucky break. Yes. <laughs> that Hazel you gets. think it might be Frith going? Right. I'm not going to let you sacrifice yourself. Like you're not going to die today. But yes, so the dog is led back to the field successfully, and Woundwort, who's already injured fighting Bigwig is in a, a fine temper and thinks that this is a good idea. <laughs> and hears, I think at that point, he hears that Bigwig isn't in charge, like right. Hazel is in charge. Yes. Yeah, and then he turns around and he sees the dog coming, and then there's we get this weird slow motion thing where he like leaps out of frame, uh-huh. and then literally, <laughs> like a title card comes up and is like, his body was never found. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> Which I think was more funny because the rab- the dog by this point is very hyped up and angry, and the rabbit is very angry. And then you're like, oh wait, this is not going to end. Yeah, he leaves <laughs> off the screen towards the dog, and then yeah, it's just Woodward's it, it, body was never recovered or whatever. And it's it, like, oh, it animated slow motion. Um, <laughs> which is, I, mean, I don't know, I found that to be really funny and really kind of savage at the same time. It was like, oh okay, the end of the rabbit. Yeah. Uh, and then the next scene we see is an elderly uh, Hazel. Now, it, yeah, we see several, it's, it's like several years later. Like, or several generations later, which means the next week <laughs> for no, rabbits. it's years. It's years later because we can tell this because why? Hazel has white hair. He I don't know that. Yes, he's I don't know that actually happens with rabbits. But, but he has white hair and he's kind of like wobbly. And he has a really kind conversation or a sweet conversation with... Uh, the um, the black rabbit who tells them it's time to go. You're gonna have a lot more fun where we are. You'll get to bound around. It's all not day. the black rabbit. It's oh, Arar Arara. No, I believe Arara. it was the black rabbit. It says an elderly hazel is visited by Arara. Arara. I'm not sure. I believed it was a trickster rabbit. I don't think it was a death rabbit. Death. I think it was God Rabbit. Death Rabbit. Okay. This is what we're reduced to now. Death Rabbit or God Rabbit. Well, I can't say the words because it sounds terrible. And I have to edit this and I'm already It sounds like I'm being racist when I've been saying these things against rabbits. 
I and then know. Hazel dies peacefully. Right, peacefully. And then he goes towards the sun. Okay, so now, what did you feel about oh, this? Oh, so violent. Well, okay. Also, I didn't like that the ladies were, were dumb. You know what I didn't like? <gasps> we had this climactic scene, right, where the, you know, a woundwort's eaten or something happens between Woundwart and this dog, which... And then his body is never seen again. Right. No trace of Woundwart is ever found. But... He haunts them now. The next thing we see is Hazel talking to some rabbit deity, and then you never find out what happened to the rest of the rabbits. They thrived. I know, they thrived, but what happened to Fiverr? Oh, he died. Or what happened to Bigwig? Also, the, probably died. Because we la- the last. We I have a feeling wound wo- or um, Bigwig was Bigwig was older than Hazel. But I mean, just we don't know what happens to them. We only know what happens to Hazel. But we're introduced to Fiverr and Hazel at the same time. Yeah. Um, Bigwig. The last we see of him, he's all torn Bugged up and, up. Yeah. and lying he in this. Is. Yeah. So it's just like, wait, did he get killed? Did he die from his wounds? Did he survive? It was just nothing. We just get this huge jump in time, in rabbit time. To the very end, where oh, we're gonna now just hear and about Hazel's Hazel. Hazel's fine. Don't worry about it. Right. All this movie cares about is what how Hazel's doing. How Hazel? Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't like that about it because I'm going well. I you know I want to know what happened to the rest of the rabbits. Although it was very sweet the moment when Bigwig admits that Hazel is the chief of, of their group. You know, yeah, because chief, I think Bigwig yeah. kind of wanted that, but then realized. He doesn't have the brains for it's it. Not, sadly. It's not. Yeah, that's well. Not even just that. It's, it's just not his not brains. You're right. It's, skill set. He doesn't have the leadership ability. The one who pulls all the stuff together at the last minute is Hazel. He's able to connect the the vision that Fiverr has about the dog, and know how to protect the does and the other rabbits, um, until you know he's able to enact his plan. Oh, we should say, weirdly, one hour into this, it becomes a musical. Right, which is odd. Um, there's a there's an Art Garfunkel song called Bright Eyes written for this movie. It's the only song in the movie, uh, but it and it appears like an hour in. Right. And there's like a whole music video. Yeah, there is in the middle of the film, um, which I didn't understand. Who does Bright Eyes refer to? Is it about Hazel? I think it's probably about Hazel because everything in here is about Hazel. Oh, it's when he was, it's when he almost died. It's when he got shot. That's when it is in the movie. Hazel, Hazel, Hazel. Yeah, right. It really is all about Hazel. And to the point to where, like I said, we don't even find out what happens to the rabbits. We're just hearing about Hazel. So, yeah. So what, what do you think? I don't know. It's so weird. I mean, I don't dislike, no, I disliked it. That's not true. I disliked it. You disliked it. Um... Yeah, I'm not even at a, I didn't like it. I just, I, I disliked it. Uh, because I did feel like it wanted me to care about some characters without really giving me a reason on why these were the most important characters. Do you know what I mean? Like, Hazel I mean, wasn't special, per se. Well, Hazel was special in that he was just really sharp and he was bright and he kept everyone alive, I guess. Right. But a without Fiverr, Fiver, he wouldn't have. Yeah, Fiverr, to me, I thought the story was really about Fiverr. Yeah. You know, and Fiverr's the one that uh, is the rabbit that I feel kind of most drawn to because he doesn't have anything going for him. Yeah. He's physically incapable of surviving yeah. without Hazel. And it really could have been the story of Hazel and Bigwig, for, I mean, of Fiverr and Bigwig, frankly. Well, but I don't think Bigwig would have listened to Fiverr. So right. you need Hazel to get Bigwig to understand, or to listen to Fiverr. So. 
I mean, it is about those three, but like, I I don't know. I had trouble because I couldn't tell them apart. I could tell Hazel, Fiverr, and Bigwig, but mm-hmm. the rest of them were all anonymous. Were all anonymous. Well, and, except for Woundwort. I mean, that thing's right. so ugly. It's like but <laughs> all those, all that an- anonymity. Mm-hmm. You could have had boys and girls. Right. I don't know why we had that. I mean, I guess because their whole struggle was we need does. Right. But I just uh, that seems like a bad struggle. I think to that have. I um I felt like a lot of the English voices were almost indistinguishable too. Yeah. And so And I had trouble with the language right. because it was like, oh, this is this now. Carrots are actually called this now. And it's like, well, but I'm not gonna remember that. So now sometimes you say a sentence that I don't understand. Well, there's a whole dictionary online. Well, that's not helpful when find I'm it. watching a movie. I know, it doesn't. It, it's sort of like, <laughs> in some ways... I mean, it's the same with, like, um, Clockwork Orange. Yeah, but in Clockwork Orange, I felt you could contextualize it better. You could, but, like, I and it was tried close to enough read to a Clockwork Orange. But the fact that the index was at the back of the book, like, three pages in, I was like, I'm exhausted from flipping back and forth. I'm done with this. So... So I didn't finish it. Yeah, the also the the words don't I'm more seem helpful to... with the digital reading thing, I think, because you can sort of click on the word. Like a lot of times they incorporate the indices right. into clickable things. So maybe I'll try again. But don't... I loved um the fact that when Bigwood gets trapped in the tunnel, his first expression is Raka, which is the rabbit word for shit. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cute. I mean, really? But how do you know that? Right. And you don't know that until you look it up like, okay, I'm sure that means something. The fact that the first word out of his mouth, well, okay, okay, that's kind of funny. Yeah, I don't, I don't mm, mm. Yeah, no. I didn't care for it. Okay. But apparently, I'll have another chance to not care for it because on Christmas Day, BBC and Netflix are releasing a four-part miniseries starring James McAvoy and Nicholas Holt. Would you try it again? I'm curious. I think that they're incorporating more ladies. Like, I don't know. I'll try it. But it is, like I said, so goddamn violent. Uh, Is it going to be an animated film again? Yeah. Okay. Yes, it's animated. James McAvoy is Hazel, Nicholas Holt is Fiverr, Ben Kingsley is General Woolwart, John Boyega as Bigwig, Mm -hmm. Gemma Atherton as Clover, so there's a lady, and then we've got Daniel Kaluuya as Bluebell, Tom Wilkinson's in it, Gemma Chan is in it, Rosamund Pike is the Black Rabbit, no, Death is a Lady, interesting, and there's more female names, Taryn Egerton's going to be in it. So it just sounds interesting, it's but it's going to be a four, one-hour episode, so it's a full mini-series, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they're just going to cover this, or they're going to, because there's a, I believe that there's a sequel to the book, where you find out more about... About the rabbits? About the, yeah, like it's... Like, it's just a sequel. It's like, mm-hmm. what happens to all of those rabbits See, that between was, the that time the that they that I'm really interested they in find like, Watership right. Down and the time that Hazel dies or whatever. Here we go. Completed a sequel almost 25 years later called Tales from Watership Down. 19 short stories about El Arara. Ar- 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 I hate everything. 
mm-hmm. and the rabbits of Watership Down Warren with notes on pronunciation and a Lapine glossary. Oh, good. I could have used that. Hey, buddy, give me that book. Well, his animal stories tend to be um, Richard Adams kind of like um, gloomy. His Plague Dogs is about dogs escaping from an experimental testing lab. Right. Shardik is about yeah. a bear. Nothing good happened to a bear that had anything <laughs> to do with humans. We fucked bears up. Um, yeah, but it's all uh, in service of sort of... What's the word I'm looking for? He's telling human stories. He's telling the story of what's happening to people. Right. But, but he's doing it with rabbits. Right. And I don't... I, is that intended to make me feel more for them? Or... I'm not sure, because I... I've... Because there are people, mm, the founding members of PETA, for instance, who right. do care more about animals than people. Right. I'm not one of those people. I care about animals, but I care about people more. So... I'm not sure what the final message you're supposed to carry away from it is. Um, I do believe that it's intelligent and Rabbits, reasoned enough. more violent than you thought. <laughs> I don't, is that the, really, like, what the are story we doing here? intelligent and reasoned out, reasoned out well. So I know that he has more to say, and I wonder if he's, if it's meant to be sort of like um, showing you the everyday lives of these animals that you take for granted that you see running around in right. the field. Or it's supposed to show uh, throw a spotlight on how cruel we are to them, right? But but we don't have much interaction the, with the, the rabbits. Main the main prota- or the uh, main antagonist isn't people. It's a rabbit. It's a rabbit. Mm-hmm. Which is the difference between this and something like Princess Mononoke, right? Where it's just humanity. Humanity itself is, is encroaching. Right. If it was all the story of the original Warren and what mm-hmm. happened to them, then I'd kind of understand what he's talking about or like what he's trying to get across but this just feels like an adventure story that has rabbits instead of people well maybe survival itself is supposed to be the theme of this story just the idea of people or animals surviving against all costs and and spotlighting their courage and their self-sacrifice and all the other qualities that make up yeah i I don't know that seems to if you're gonna write a book that is not targeted at kids why are we doing it in like we, this metaphor, rabbit metaphor? I don't know. You know, that's that's the thing. It's just confusing to me. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's his thing, I guess. He right. writes about animals and people predicaments. I mean, but they're not really people predicaments. They're, I mean, they are. They've anthropomorph. He's anthropomorphized these animals. Now he's. I guess he did do a lot of research on rabbit behavior and things, mm-hmm. but. Knowing what rabbits do is not knowing why rabbits do them, do those things. We don't know motivation, really. We can't. They can't tell us. <laughs> so, so he's anthropomorphizing and making them have people motivations. So I just, I just don't, I don't get it, yo. I don't know. I, it's not that I don't get it. I understand what he's doing. I don't know why he's doing it. 
I, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to argue with the success of the book or the film. No, def- and that's yeah, fine. Yeah, and that's uh, I just yeah I I, I was sort and of the film is myself. lovely to look at until mm-hmm. it's horrifying to look at. Yeah. So it's like, mm. and I think you were uh, the the watercolors that were used as the backgrounds kind yeah. of appealed to you. It was very really beautiful, lovely looking film. There's a real watership down. Yeah, I imagine there would be. It's I mean, near the Hampshire village of Kingsclear in. It's probably a, under a mall now. <laughs> right, that's not great. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I'm glad. I, yeah, I didn't know quite what to think of it. I didn't know. Um, I enjoyed it. I think as an adventure story, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I could recommend it to somebody because it is really violent and it it does have this. I, I'm not really sure what the story is about in any event. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't care for it. I have a feeling that this is just the first of some rough goes this month. Why, what else are we doing? Well, next week we'll be watching A Cry in the Dark. Well, but I think so. We'll, <laughs> I think, though, that we'll have more to say because it's not really... Yeah, I really, think that's right. It's not really... This is a difficult one because it's an animated film that's kind of a head-scratcher. And I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to carry away from it. Whereas I'm very sure what I'm supposed to carry away from A Cry in the Dark. Um, well, we'll get into that yeah. when we get into that. But yeah, so I, I, I was sort of left cold by this. Mm. And that might be because I don't recall the book. Right. Uh, if I recalled the book, maybe I would think more warmly. I'm curious to at least watch an episode of the, of the upcoming miniseries. Yeah. Um, now, do you feel that if the characters, the actors... The characters are voiced by actors who are more familiar to you. That I might be able to tell the difference, right, and then maybe I, I would mean, be more I, invested in each of the characters. That's mm-hmm. the other thing is, if you give it four hours, and each of the characters is something mm-hmm. instead of just one of these group that's running with Hazel and right. Fiverr and Bigwig, then that flushes out the characters a little bit more roundly. But and I could well, you have more of an investment because yeah, you don't really with Violet. You have no idea. She's almost indistinguishable from the other rabbit. She's just the rabbit who is stupid enough to get eaten. Yep. I was like, um, don't go out there. Oh, you went out there. Oh but, no. That's so it a doesn't big build up to any kind of tragedy. No. Uh, and because we really focus on those first three characters, we don't really get a sense of. Uh, we only get a sense of the... Like, Silver is mocked mercilessly at home. That's one of the reasons why he wants to run away. Right. Because his hair is gray, and they mock him for that, which, that's fucked up, y'all. <laughs> gray is a beautiful color on a rabbit. I don't understand the problem here. But apparently, brown is the color to be, because they're just all these brown rabbits, and I'm like, right. I don't know the difference between these rabbits. So maybe if there's more care given to that, but also the voices of the actors... These were actors that I would remember being older, Nigel Davenport and Ralph Richardson and whoever else, and John Hurt, which is yeah, probably the most Yeah, but they just sort of voice. all blended they into... They all kind of come together at some point, so it's just, you know, I recognized some of the actors and that helped me to distinguish one from the other. Mm-hmm. Sort of like we were watching Animal House and you couldn't tell all the young men. Yeah, no, like, like all, no, of these, all these rich white dudes look right. the same to me. I cannot like, tell the difference. I know him from him and I know him from there, so it helped. So maybe a version that has actors that you know that's more familiar will be maybe. able to tell the story better for you. And I'll probably get into the rabbits more. Yeah, and I think that each of them will have an actual, mm-hmm. at least a trait. Right. None of these rabbits had a trait, like except those three. Well, those three, right. Yeah, and the ones that were ladies. And the villains, I think, and is the other villains, thing. The absolutely. villains, absolutely. tended to be well drawn out. But I, I mean in that group that right. left with them. I'm just like, I don't... 
Yeah. There's one. It's one, rabbit uh, two, three, and four for all I care. Voice, and then all the rest who just sort of agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was rough. So other than this, what have you done this week or seen what this week? What have I done or seen this week? What have I done or seen this week? Be I'm correct. thinking, I'm thinking. Do right. you have something? Um, you know, I kind of do. Oh, cool. What do you have? And then I, I will think. Um, we spent some time a couple of weeks ago watching The Haunting of Hill House. We did. Which is now a Netflix series. Yeah. And I, I think I've, I have enough distance to look at it now about how I felt about that series. Okay. Um, there are some people, some reviewers who don't know what they're saying, uh, proclaiming it's the best adaptation of the work at all, and it isn't. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see anybody say that. Yeah, I'll, I'll share it with you. But, um, and also claiming it was the, the best horror on television, which it also Horror isn't. television series, best horror television series mm. I saw. And I'm like, well, it depends on how you define that. Right. Because I don't know what else goes in that category. I mean, there are th- if you put the X-Files in the same category, for instance, because it did have a lot of horror, or the Twilight Zone, because it also included a lot of I horror. wouldn't call either of those horror, though. You're right, but some people would. Um, so this isn't something what I would say. What are you say. doing? Hold on a second. Stop. I have to go take whatever okay. that is away from her. It's going to be loud. I just had to move. Yeah, sometimes it works that way with me. All right. So. Sorry. Um, so I wouldn't call Twilight Zone or Oh, they have horror horrors. episodes. Right. Um, the Haunting of Hill House is a 1959 book. I'm very fond of it because I sold a first edition uh, when I was an antiquarian bookseller. I hand-sold it to a person because there was a beautiful piece of errata inside. And it wasn't actual proper errata. It was a letter from the publisher at the time mm-hmm. suggesting ways to sell this book because it was so unusual that they felt that it wouldn't find an audience. And, of course, now it's an American classic. Um, By a woman. Finalist for the National Book Award. So it is... Um, for the people who are familiar with... who aren't familiar with this story... It's a very beautifully weird story about... Uh, it's about a haunted house. A haunted house, and people who go to research it. This is so overdone now. It's a cliche now. The anthropologist taking three people to study a haunted house, or two people in this case. But not in this book version. No. In this version, it completely changes the story, so it's the story of a family who grew up in a haunted house. And I think that's where I had the problem. There are snatches of Shirley Jackson's beautiful writing in here where people suddenly burst out in some of her poetry because she was a, she had really wonderful skills as a writer. Um, but it was very distant from the actual text. At the same time, it works as a thing to itself, I think. Yeah, you have to do what I do with mm-hmm. The Shining and say, this movie is good. Right. It is not... The Shining. The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> it might be called The Shining and it might have the characters in The Shining's name, yes. but it's not... The Shining. And this is kind of what I felt about it. It's like I watched it. It's, what, ten episodes? It is ten. Yes. Ten episodes. And nine of them are thematically similar. And right. the tenth one takes a turn. Yes, it does take a turn, <laughs> which I didn't appreciate because, again, it was I not... really did because I know what they're doing. Right. But it was abrupt. Right. And a lot. And But I think that... The house just wants to hug you, yo. Really tightly. Just wants tightly. to hug you forever. Right. <laughs> 
So the, the, the whole gist of the original book and the first film, the second film, don't watch it, the remake was horrible. Aww. But Robert Wise's film was that the house itself was very possessive and there's a person who's looking, uh, Eleanor, who's looking for, like, her, not even a mate, just a place where she belongs. And this haunted house is that place. And it's a very disturbing, creepy movie. But it's a place for her to be in the same way that the Overlook is a place right. for Jack to be. And it's just wants souls. It's right. not specific, but, but El- it can make itself Eleanor specific Eleanor in the book you. and in the original film is such a lost character that she yeah. belongs there. And, and I think there's an obvious connection between the Overlook and Hill House. No, of course. Of course. Um, and so when, when somebody came out saying that the first version of the film dismissed it as being not so great, you know, mediocre... I'm like, well, you're arguing well, with... That scene where the wall is breathing yes. is epic. Martin Scorsese. Also the woman who's like, in the cold, in the dark, right. where no one can hear you. Martin... And they use that same right. stuff in this, and it's so good. <laughs> Martin Scorsese described the 1962, I think, film as being the scariest thing he's ever seen. and It does some interesting things. This, this new one does some uh-huh. interesting things with... Not knowing where cer- whether certain characters are there or not, right? Which I thought was an interesting thing. Well, it's 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 exploring a different genre of horror. This the first film and book are really in the haunted house genre, and they're inspired by Shirley Jackson. I won't go into it, but there's a wonderful essay she did about how this came from a haunted house in her own childhood, right? Which is a really wonderful essay if you can find it, uh, and creepy as hell. But this version seems to be part of a new trend, and Hereditary was a part of that, I think, too. Family horror. Family horror, which is about the experiences, the traumas that you have in your childhood. But also... And maybe The Shining was a part of that, this too. This house is haunted as right. fuck. There's, if you go online, uh-huh. they find there's all of these screenshots of ghosts yeah. in the house that are just in the background that are not... You seem... I think I caught, like, two of them. Mm-hmm. There are, like... 30 of them right. throughout the thing. This house is chock full right. of ghosts. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wanted more of the ghosts. but Well, I think mm-hmm. that's what they're doing. They're setting, with it up the for a they're setting it up so that if they do a second season, they're uh-huh. not going to talk about these characters. They're going to talk about the other ghosts and their backstory. Right. I think that's what they're doing. Which is, something, which is how Shirley Jackson opened the book was going through the history of the house and the right. people who died there and all. Yeah. And that Robert Wise saved in the film. And I think that that's... Because I, I don't think you want to revisit this family right. well, no. again for 10 I have more a episodes. very good friend who got through about four episodes and said the family trauma was so horrible in this movie that I can't watch it. Did, like, oh, the fifth episode's The Turn, though. Right. Oh, that's but a bummer. They just got through this part where it's like... Because the, the Bent Neck Lady episode right. really... But the whole, gels the whole thing. The idea of watching these people suffer through addiction and failed yeah. marriages, and it just becomes, and for some people, that could be a trigger, right? No, there. that's true. That's You're true. You're watching this, and it just becomes so grueling that he just, like, yeah, I can't keep going with this. But the acting in it is super good. It's exceptional, yes. By everybody. The casting of the actors who play both, because you know, the again, adults and the kids. Right, the adults yeah. and the kids. They look so similar. And the adults and the adults. Here's the, a, Thomas right. Henry to. Timothy Hutton yeah. is inspired. Right. And But all the casting is like that. And that's a really... And then Carla Gugino to Carla right. Gugino. Because, <laughs> fuck you, I don't age. Right. There's a reason for that spoiler. But um, 
the they did a really good whatever the casting director whoever it was did a really good job of casting children who really looked like the adults that were later going to take over the roles and adults who were uh-huh. good at watching what the children were doing yeah. and mimicking it um i assume that that's the way that they typically go with the adults mimicking what the children are doing i don't know because maybe, i think it's probably right. easier but they for physically an actor look like them that to, they did physically to the look. point to where you don't need to be told who's playing who's who playing it's like who. no that's 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 them that's yeah, yeah it's that's, not like right they do give you time cues though cuz sometimes mm-hmm. there's overlap right so you do need to know yeah. when we're when we are and if that kind of storytelling does bother you, and it does me sometimes, where they keep this sort of disjointed, we're jumping back and forth in time, that does get kind of irritating. But in I don't this know, one, that they, they me keep nearly it as kind much of as consistently. Cold open, thirty six right. hours earlier. Oh my God, JJ Abrams. I'm so done with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I know, the first time I saw that, it's was... it's like the person who invented the pop up. Right. Like you didn't know you, that you it know was going to get to this. <laughs> But it's like, um, the first time I saw it was on an episode of Alias, Alias, I thought, that was a neat trick. And Mm -hmm. then it became every other episode of Lost. And then it became everywhere. Literally every episode of every show is this now. This horrible, we're in the midst of this horrible thing. How did we get here? I'm like, why, why, why? I mean, I guess it's the cheapest, easiest way to do in media res. right? Right. I'm going to drop you in the middle, and then... See, but the best <laughs> way to do that is... Because Paradise Lost opens with War in Heaven. Right. Because it's like, I can give you all the exposition, or we can just start with just the big start with scene War right in heaven. now. But yeah, you're still not giving the in-media res when you, right. in three minutes, go 36 hours right. ago. No, and no, no, yeah, that's where it doesn't work for me. It's like, wait a second, no. It's cheating. It's yeah, it cheats. is. It's, it's very clever. Uh, oh, a couple of times. The first time it was clever. It's kind of like when you're watching um, Identity. No, what's the film with um, Rebecca De Mornay and John Cusack? It's Identity. Identity. Where and they're all in the motel. Right. But and they're not. They're really... Inside of somebody's head. Dun, dun, dun. And <laughs> the first, or even going back even further than that, the other, the Thomas Tyron novel. Uh, the story, which is a really creepy story, a very creepy film. About a rural oh, community. Oh, they're all the same. They're all well, the no, same thing. Or? There's uh, a bro- a boy and his wicked twin who keeps getting him to do horrible things, and then there's an o- literal oh shit moment about forty five minutes or an hour in when you realize there's no twin. The twin died in childbirth. Yeah. And so this is it's just that his kind of influence. Thing, yeah. And the first time I saw that trick pulled, it was like sweet Jesus, where this is horrible. Or the first time when you're watching a Wait Until Dark with Audrey Hepburn. Where you think Alan Arkin is dead, and suddenly he springs to life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, sh-. and that was a great moment in film. It has been copied so, so much many times where you're just that like, all of the impact is taken away, and yeah. you expect it to happen. Oh, that's really there's no. I appreciated Scream where she just shoots that dude in the head. And she's like, not my movie. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but that's yeah, it's it's a pity when it's just been milked dry, and the, the same trope has been used over and over again. And there's kind of some of that in Hill House a little bit with. Um, you know, some of the same kind of scenes that you see in horror films. That was one of the things that lost it for American Horror Story because a lot of times they played into the tropes like, this is going to be funny. Look at the trope that we're dragging out for this. And and then we're going to be doing this trope for three episodes. Right, so... Buckle in. Hope you like it. Right. <laughs> I hope you like what we're serving today because you're going to have it for the next couple of yes. nights. It's like leftovers. Oh, we made a huge bag. <laughs> right. 
it's all that we have now. So. But yeah, so overall, I'd have to say that, as I've said before to other people, we've had discussions with some, on some groups online that I think uh, in and of itself, I enjoyed actually, watching it. Right, I enjoyed it. The acting was so good. The writing was really good. Yeah, but it's not the, the story that And it's I, beautiful. Right. Yes, it is. But it's not the story I was expecting, and it's not really, you know, occasionally... And that 10th episode, oh boy. Yeah. If, especially if you, were, if you were binging it. Right. The 180 in tone yeah. is jarring. Yeah, and that's also why I was dissatisfied, because... The house in the the book is a literal monster. Here, it's kind of like it just is. It's misunderstood. I'm like, it's misunderstood. No. Oh, I didn't like that. I wanted it to yeah. be what is. But anyhow, so that's my complaint. <laughs> it's it's a what was it? Uh, I remember when Cisco and Ebert were doing the reviews, and they did thumbs up and thumbs down. It's like thumb kind of to the thumbs side. To the side. <laughs> I'm you know, hitchhiking. Right. <laughs> But so, was there something that you saw that? I don't know that I have a current recommendation. Did I mention the Christine's Creations? Yes, the Curious Creations of Christine McConnell, uh, which is a goth puppet cooking show. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's very bizarre. She's apparently like an Instagram famous person. Okay. That sentence made so me she sound a like... thousand years old. She yeah. does. Food and crafts. She is a goth, goth woman mm. who dresses in pastel pink, which I, I is a move that I appreciate. It's good for summer. Um, but she makes very realistic food craft, and then that, other and amazing craft too. food craft. Yes. Um, and then they built her a set, and she's got these like puppet friends that live with her in in the world of the show. Um, and one of them is a like a taxidermy raccoon named Rose, and there is a mummified, hairless cat, and uh, there's like a like a werewolf kind of. I'm imagining it's there's a, a tentacled creature that lives in the fridge. There's a big mass of something that lives in the basement. Dita Von Tees lives in her mirror. mirror. Yeah. It's it's weird, but all of it is three hours. And it's like it's light and fluffy. And she makes really beautiful things. She's like, oh it's easy. And she shows you how to do it. And you're like, oh okay. Yeah no. <laughs> That's a bananas amount of work to do <laughs> for anything really. Yeah, I actually, I saw it over your shoulder. I wasn't really committed to yeah. seeing it. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I, I, um, I'd mentioned it, and again, in the group. Of Martha Stewart meets Tim Burton. Right. That's that kind of a thing. It. Yeah. Um, it's just, I, I used to love watching puppet shows when I was a kid. Yeah. And I, yeah. And, I oh, she did it with Brian Hudson. Right, Brian Hudson. It should be said, because that, that's an So they're moment. real. Like, they're legit puppets. Mm. But yeah, I was I was mentioning in one group that I uh, I used to I used to wake up really early on Saturday mornings because they would run a lot of local public uh, you know local television. You used to actually have to run locally uh, created television programs yes. on Saturday mornings, 
And so there would be a lot of local puppet shows. And they would run them first thing before they ran the more commercially... Um, Viable things. Yeah, yeah. things of like uh, Super Friends or whatever else. And so I would wake up early in the morning to watch the puppet shows because the whole... They always kind of interested me. Um, and so it was kind of fun because it was taken back to that. Yeah. The puppets are all sort of smart aleck characters. Um, there's... Uh, the background characters are ghosts and serial killers and spiders yes. and... and and so yes, her boyfriend is very likely of the serial killer that's uh, terrorizing the area. But you know what he kills? Sex offenders, right? Pedophiles, something like that. It's only like it's, so he's a real Dexter. The appropriateness <laughs> of this program for younger audiences? No, I don't think I, so. No, I don't think so. I think, and so it might actually be scary for them. <laughs> I don't know, but there's it. It's well, Rose is. NSFW. Right. Like, she wants to hump everything mm-hmm. and is forward about it. Right. <laughs> and then, meanwhile, uh, the other, the now cat Rose is wants the, to kill her. a raccoon her. who's yes. been brought back from the dead. She's taxidermy. Right. But she has a fork for a hand. One scene where they actually uh, use a cake to recreate. Oh, yeah. And what she looked like is... on the day she was born, and it just has a a heart in the middle of it. Sort like, of she's played. The, right. And so, yeah, I don't think this is necessarily something that would be appropriate for children. No. Um, but at the same time, it, it did, it was kind of nostalgia. It was this, for me, what what the appeal of the program was for me. Because I'm like, oh, this reminds me of back when I was a kid waking up early in the morning to watch these puppet shows. Puppetry has always kind of fascinated me. Yeah. And it led to, you know, my whole thing with stop motion animation and with other stuff. Um... So this was a lot of fun to watch, I think. Yeah, it's cute. And yeah. I don't know if there are going to be more, but it's a cute little thing. Uh, Halloween appropriate. Yes, Halloween appropriate. Especially if you want to learn how to make Day of the probably Dead appropriate. the best spider decorations out of, what was it, sugar? That she was making those tiny little spiders out of? Chocolate, I think. Oh my God, yeah, oh, that was uh, amazing. Oh, peanuts. And, tro- and no, it was pulled sugar that she did. It, that was amazing. They yeah. actually looked like spiders. I, she put like a peanut... Half of a peanut onto a hazelnut, and then she made legs. They were very good. And her character is actually very sweet, I think. Well, yeah, she she's, loves everybody. She loves everybody, and she's also... And she's very welcoming into her home. Right. She's very, um, almost like an innocent. There's a whole thing going on there with her being really accepting of her sister, who's, you know, set their parents on fire, and, and then all sorts of other stuff. Cousin. Cousin, I'm sorry. It was her cousin. Um... Yeah, and there is an like a narrative arc to it, right? Which is it's loose. Yeah, but, but it's, it, there is a narrative arc to it. Yeah, so yeah, I'd have to support that for you. I don't know how enthusiastic to be about it because it's just very strange. It is strange, but it it is a nice thing, right? It's like if you need a break from the news, and Lord knows mm. you need a break from the news because you're a human being. Were you not entertained? This is a nice break from the news. Right. So. Is that everything? That's everything, I think. So, buckle up, because next week is going to be a rough one. Yes. <clears throat> We're going to watch a cry in the dark. The, yeah, I, I don't know how to prepare for that. I mean, it's... No, Drugs, maybe? <laughs> one person <laughs> suffering has become a punchline. Yeah. Ever since, and... And we'll go over the... Right. The real life situation because it's important i i was you know i remember watching um buffy when i was younger was there a joke of it on well, the, i mean it's in the cultural zeitgeist the where band. people i don't think even realize that it's based on a real thing right seth green's band 
was called, was called Dingo Ate My Baby. Oh, Jesus. I didn't know that. Uh, and uh, and I know that it was a reference to The Simpsons. It, yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure everything's a reference Very to famously the where he just like barks out, Dingo Ate My Baby. Um, but it's become a joke, and this was... Because I don't think that people in America know that it's right. a real thing. And people in Australia for a long time right. thought that that woman made it up. This is very much... Along the lines of the changeling. Let's or not. Or changeling. Okay. And that this is just going to be a horror show. Yeah, it's, it's going to be rough. Horrible people doing horrible, horrible things. Horrible things, so, yeah. 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 So with um, that let's, recommendation. Let's talk about it next week. Come back I and know, Everyone's in. so looking forward to hearing about this. Oh, All right. So in the meantime, right. you can reach us at latecomerspod on Twitter and latecomerspod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can please like us and subscribe to us. Like us. Tell your friends. She's likable. We want we want more people to More people. To um, I know that you're out there. You're just not saying anything. <laughs> and what else? Well, I have a book. Where is it? It is in Amazon somewhere. I didn't know. I just got a royalties check, so I was very happy with myself today. I'm like, Amazon, oh. go check it's out his book. It's called Sealing Night, A Psychomantium which is an old-fashioned term for uh, a chamber used to see ghosts, and it is a collection of ghost stories. Ghost stories. Ghost stories. Very appropriate for this time of year. Yes. Ghost stories originally read to people right before Christmas Eve. So. Also, I'm going to take this last uh, moment, uh-huh. since this is coming out on the 1st of November, to uh, implore you all to please go vote. 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 I'd say vote blue, but just vote. It's important. You don't want next year to be a horror story again. Yeah. On November 4th, we turn back the clock. Take back. Wait, we t- <laughs> it almost came out right. We turn back the clocks. On November 6th, we take back the country. It's a bad. It's a. It's bad. No, it's not, not good, and I'm going to take it out. Go vote. Just go vote. 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 <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening. We love you very much, and we uh, look forward to speaking with you. To you? At you? At you. We're going to speak at you. I'm looking at you you right now and speaking at you. Next week. Right. And remember, better better late late than than never. never.